live life? Or does life live you? Come join us as we rebel against life's expectations. And instead, live the thriving life we are made for. Come grow, prosper, and multiply with us in all areas of life. As we learn to thrive in who we are, what we do, and who we do it with. I'm Matt. I am Lindsay. And we are Thriving Ones. Excited to introduce to you Matt Hoyle. This is our first time partnering with Matt at Power and Hope Conference. Now, many of you probably know Lindsay Coyle. She is one that that has the wow factor in the sense of all the prophetic words and the word of knowledge gifting that she operates in. And she's an amazing teacher as well. And she's such a dear, close friend. But I got to spend time with Matt um, a few months ago, you know, in North Dakota. We were doing a conference together. And if you follow ORS, you know that the COILS, that includes Matt <laughs> and Lindsay, will be moving to Eugene, Oregon to join us at ORS, soon to be called a different name. We're going to relaunch, <clears throat> rebrand, all that kind of stuff. But follow ORS for that. But this particular interview is about getting to know Matt and why he's part of Power and Hope. So those of you who know... Um, the DNA of power and hope or pearls of hope that it used to be, but now it's, it's power and hope. We're really going after holistic health and we're really going after what God is saying for this season over not just, you know, the nations or anything else, but revelation about personal destinies being um, activated. And just to go deeper and higher, because with an infinite God, there is no end to how high we can go, how deep we can go, how broad we can go with the Lord. And we're always pushing the envelope and challenging where people are. And what I really find um, with Matt is he's interested in maturity as much as I am. He's interested in emotional health and spiritual health as much as I am. So um, we really felt like we were on the same page, which is why we're, you know, partnering together. So Matt, welcome. And just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, it's so good to be here, Saren. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. It's so good to be with you. Uh, so a little bit about myself. I'm in my 40s now, so there's not a little bit to share anymore, but <laughs> I've got quite the story. But uh, kind of in general, um, I, I got the call of God in my life when I was about 19, and uh, that kind of set me on a journey of uh, pursuing God and making him the Lord of my life. And uh, I had the great privilege of having a lot of great mentors uh, through junior high and high school uh, that really mentored me in discovering God and his relationship. And so when I started pursuing God, I went out on the mission field and I'd done missions for quite a few years. I lived in Mexico and in the Philippines. Uh, and uh, between that time, I had gone uh, to Bible college uh, in Irvine, California, uh, in a Bible college called Spirit Life Bible College. And uh, so, I had, I've been on a journey of just pursuing God, and um, along that journey, um, I was seeing uh, the scripture come alive to be to me, but not seeing the power of the scripture in my life. And so I started pursuing just the different areas of seeing the manifestation of God's power and love um, and everything that I did. And so I spent the most time in the Philippines. That's where I met my wonderful wife, Lindsay. Uh, and, uh, while we were there, we were pursuing, um, uh, we had a ministry school that we were doing. And also I had a ministry 
called North Life that was uh, based around working with youth in high schools. So we were uh, doing um, small crusades. We were doing uh, discipleship. We were training youth, uh, doing Bible, call, uh, Bible uh, studies in high schools. And we were preaching the word, but I was, I was wanting to see people ex- encounter God uh, in an intimate way, but also in a powerful way. And so that kind of really set me on a journey of discovering uh, the power of God and seeing through signs and wonders, through healings, um, through different forms of miracles. Uh, and so so we're for me and Lindsay, but specifically with, with me, I'm really passionate about seeing people connected to intimacy with the Lord uh, and allowing them to have a tangible experience uh, through their time alone with him, but also tangibly uh, in encounters and healing. Uh, and in the prophetic, obviously. Uh, and so so over the years, we've, we've been just growing. Lindsay and I, we've been doing this now for um, about 25 years. We've, been, uh, we've both been kind of in ministry that long. And uh, we were also pastors in a ministry school called uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, I had gone to that school and also was a pastor there for eight years. Uh, and and discipled and mentored and worked with students uh, in that space. Uh, and one of the biggest things that I saw that uh, students, people in general that we were discipling were dealing with was they were getting, um, they were experiencing God in intimacy, then they were experiencing God in power. But when they would leave the school, a lot of times uh, they would be what I call top heavy, um, over spiritual. So, uh, but not rooted in either internal character or they didn't know how to walk out the character and the power of practical love in their life. Uh, And so Lindsay and I most recently in the last three years had, um, when we transitioned out of doing our roles in BSSM, we uh, started our own business called Coil Coaching. Boom, there it is behind me. Uh, and our focus is really to help people reach their highest potentials in life. Um, and so obviously we have a very strong spiritual uh, health growing in our spiritual relationship and connection with God, but also um, meeting a big gap that's needed in the body of Christ nowadays of recognizing what's going on internally in our soul. So you could see people get healed. Uh, you could see amazing things happen, but you are a total toxic mess at home with your family or with your friends, or you can't hold down a job, or there's all these different things that we've seen happen with people or just getting freedom in their life from any form of addiction. Um, they could be doing like the stuff, the spiritual stuff, but not have each internal freedom. freedom. And so... We've been on this amazing journey of how to marry uh, both uh, the spiritual life and our soul life and create a holistic experience to ultimately have a deeper encounter with God. Um, Because the journey is about the renewing of the mind. And if we can bring our soul into alignment and harmony with what our spirit's trying to do, there's nothing that can't be done um, in and through God. Um, And so that's just a little bit about kind of who we are, what we're doing these days. That's really awesome. There's so many ways that we can follow um, this conversation, right? Because you just gave us a lot. So um, let's really go back to the soul and Mm -hmm. how when somebody is top heavy and which you define as just being super spiritual, um, why isn't someone who is top heavy 
super spiritual, loves God. Why doesn't that health filter down to the soul automatically, you think? Why is it necessary for us to be so intentional in pursuing health in our emotions and relationships? Yeah, because ultimately our soul and our body is the avenue of translating and communicating God's power and love. So if you're spiritually uh, informed, highly spiritually informed, but your soul is very limited in its capacity to connect and communicate that love, uh, then there will always be uh, what I call cracks. There will always be a limitation to the manifestation or the fullness of God's love coming through your life. So some examples of that. And some of the things that started me on this journey was, so I've grown up in uh, all kinds of non-denominational charismatic churches. So very versed in uh, the spiritual gifts, healing, uh, prophecy, uh, words of knowledge, praying in tongues. Most of all those churches in my upbringing through the 80s and the 90s, most every single pastor had some kind of moral falling. Wow. So that was so confusing to me as, you know, growing up in the church and wa watching this. So how, how can these very powerful and gifted people be having great manifestations of God's power, but having such chaos in their own internal lives? Uh, and kind of what I've noticed throughout uh, observing people through the training I've gotten over the years and in my own life that when we a lot of times when we reach into our between our 30s and 40s, sometimes people will call this your midlife crisis. Uh, but basically, we have such a backup of emotional baggage that we end up blowing out our life somehow or burning out in our life. And it's because we're so focused on doing heavenly stuff which is important. It's, it's one of the big reasons why we're here. Uh, but we have, we don't, we don't have alignment in our soul or we don't have, I would say, understanding of how to carry the anointing, how to carry the, the presence um, like a marathon instead of like a sprint. Uh, and I think a lot of doctrine over the years has created a mindset where we need to get saved. We need to get people saved. We need to work move in power so we can get people saved because we're leaving tomorrow. So there's been this, this issue around, uh, you know, end time doctrine uh, around, hey, we're leaving tomorrow. So there's this urgency and there's no thought of investing into the now, even though scripture talks so much about, um, you know, if you live a certain lifestyle with God, that you're promised a long life. And so just having a mindset around, hey, how am I how am I being a triune being like God is? So triune being, being spirit, soul and body. How am I being a triune being like God and actually allowing each of those pieces having health uh, in our life? I mean, it even goes into, you know, watching uh, very influential uh, people in ministry that are really overweight. And this is not a hit on anybody that's overweight because a lot of reasons why people are overweight, uh, but just having no care for your personal life and that affecting your health and your ability to live long on this earth in general. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I've pursued is this awareness that our, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So how are we honoring and stewarding the body that we live in and that coincides with also our soul. 
how are we stewarding and understanding how God's created our soul to operate with all with um, the motivation of how is my soul and body able to communicate the the best part of God's love to others. And I think one of the other factors I've noticed um, in just my years of doing ministry, being a part of many large ministries and being uh, in the church um, is not seeing the fullness of God's love manifested through leadership. Um, And again, uh, let's hold intention that nobody's perfect, right? But still, my heart has watched and experienced such painful betrayal, uh, such uh, backbiting, uh, you know, gossip. It's like, Lord, how could this be when we're called to love? And people are supposed to know us that we're your disciples by your love. And so this has really set me on a journey of understanding is, Lord, how do we translate and mature in love for who you are, God? How do I love others well? Um, And how do I care for myself or what I call hold love for myself so I can actually manifest um, God's presence and his nature through love? And it all takes place within understanding um, how the soul operates and how to care for it well so that that flow can continue from our spirit man through our soul, so how I behave, how I treat others, um, and through my body. Yeah, and I again, I mean, we can go in so many different directions, but as you were talking, um, you know, we really emphasize holistic health uh, mm-hmm. for the ministries that that I'm a part of, and I've, I've been privileged to lead. Um, and I found that especially in the Western culture, it is mm-hmm. very, very sensitive to talk about the body. Um, and, and we like talking about the soul. We like talking about the spirit. And yet holistic health means if your soul is healthy, it's going to translate into the way we care for our body. So yes. it doesn't mean we have a six pack. It doesn't mean we're like, you know, Mr. Muscle or Mrs. You know, Universe or anything like that. Sure. But I remember um, a story I want to share with you. I remember like many, many years ago, um, I went to someone that they said was like this huge, amazing teacher. And, and she was, um, and I remember, you know, they were taping a series for her and I was in the room, but I couldn't help noticing this person was at least 200 pounds overweight. You know, she was about my height and probably a good, you know, 300 pounds. Um, and she said from the pulpit, you know, I was, and to me, it's just, okay, she has biblical knowledge. We're filming this. I want to learn from this person. So it wasn't something that I was conscious like, oh, let's have a red flag. I didn't have that. I was just there trying to learn. But I remember she said from the um, pulpit as we're taping, she said, you know, so many people come up to me and they're concerned about my health. And this is a woman that's like wheezing in between breath, you know, had a hard time navigating even two or three steps to go on the pulpit. And she said, don't talk to me about my body. I have a new glorified body ordered in heaven. When I get there, I won't Mm. look like this. Mm. And I just remember, this is like, you know, many, probably a couple of decades ago, um, way before I was like a spiritual Christian or anything like that. But as a psychologist, (laughs) because that's my training, um, I just remember thinking that is not an okay attitude. Mm. You know, um, theologically, I have issues with that. And honestly, practically speaking, there are verses in the Bible, like uh, second, I think it's the first or second uh, Thessalonians. Paul literally ends uh, that by saying, 
to present ourselves blameless in spirit, soul, and body. And um, it, there's so many versions that talk about that. And I feel like we as Christians, sometimes especially charismatic Christians, we've kind of gone into practical Gnosticism. We don't believe in Gnosticism, but we are practically uh, Gnosticists in the sense that we separate the, well, it's the spirit realm. And then, well, that's the soul realm. And then this is the physical realm. So I feel like that's what you and I are kind of saying. Can you kind of address what this practical Gnosticism, even though we say we don't believe it, actually has done to the body of Christ and how, how we can start to address this whole thing about holistic health? Sorry, my dog is barking. Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to put my AirPods on again and see if it'll connect. That's funny. So, yeah. So, you know, when I when I think about uh, anything related to physical health, it's a very touchy topic. Uh, and uh, it's that it's that way because uh, it hasn't been uh, addressed or hasn't there hasn't really been a healthy outlook on it uh, in the body of Christ in general. Obviously, there are aspects and there's people that are touching on this this topic. Uh, but we have to, first of all, it, it, we have to address the value system. I think this, it's the biggest thing related to the soul and the body is, you know, when you shift our value system that our, our, our soul and our body is just as valuable as our spirit man, and we bring that alignment into place, then we begin to put value on it. And now it's no longer a shame thing because even as we're talking you know people you could people that are listening if you're dealing with weight no matter what your the health issues or your eating habits are um or lack of exercise and movement like those things uh will definitely affect affect your uh your uh your personal value and we all go on a journey uh we all have our things be it weight uh be it uh, addiction uh you know that we have shame about like we i've been trying to change this um, but I haven't been able to have victory in it. And one of the biggest things that we've noticed in our ministry, AKA our business that we're doing, especially in our, uh, kingdomized one program is when we, we lead people on a journey of, of value. And when you align your value that your soul is valuable. So you, you, sh we should, uh, we need to learn how to help it and understand it and meet it where it's at we, that we value our body. And we, we understand that it's valuable and how can I move forward in valuing it and caring for it? No longer is it a shame base because shame basically always keeps us in a place of limitation. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so when we align the under, our understanding with that God is Jesus paid the ultimate price for every part of who I am. And he stamped on us and he says, while you're yet still, still sinners, I am dying for you. So in Romans, it talks about this. He's saying, even in your mess, I value you. So it's an invitation for, for us to say, even while we're in a mess, we need to, we're, we're on a journey of valuing every part of who we are. Uh, and in that, now we pick up an identity of value and no longer am I living a diet life. So we're talking about weight, okay, or, or health issues, giving breakthrough and healing. When my identity is based in value, then shame doesn't have a hold anymore to limit me. 
And then obviously there's all the different doctrines that go in there. I think the, one of the biggest ones that I've run into is just our end time mindset. Like the body is a slave. It's just supposed to listen to me. It's a temporary home. Uh, so why should I give much value to it? But in the reality, scripture says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So why wouldn't we invest value into our body? Uh, and so um, one of the biggest things that I've God's taught me over the years is this revelation that um, I used to see my spirit man as the boss, my soul as the servant, and my body as the slave. And God really convicted me one day and he said, Matt, listen, do you see me treating myself, God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit the same way? He says, no, we are in a mutual relationship supporting one another. And it really convicted me in my own life, in all areas of my soul, in the areas of my body, how I viewed myself, how I cared for myself, how I ate. Uh, and when I started making that shift and saying, okay, how can I establish value for my soul? And what that means to me is understanding how God's created to operate and meeting its needs. Uh, same thing with the body is understanding my body because we all of our bodies have different, uh, they have general needs, but then we have specific needs depending on um, our makeup, depending on um, health issues. How am I investing into that? Because I want to value that. Uh, and so for me, when I think about the body, um, journey for each person is how am I growing in my with um, identity, the identity of value for my body. And in that journey, because it's within that journey where we're discovering God. It's, he's not just yeah. in the scriptures. He's not just in worship. He's not just in prayer, but he's in the beauty of our humanity. And our humanity has limitations. But Christ fully embraced humanity so that he could be Emmanuel, God with us fully, and so that we can come into a deeper relationship. And I, I can just speak from personal experience with my clients and the people we've mentored and discipled over the years, that as they've stepped into valuing every part of who they are, in that valuing journey, they experience the depth of the value of God for who we are. If we're just focused on the spirit, then we're only experiencing one third of God's value for who we are. And that's probably one of the biggest areas that I've seen people get stuck in their journey or they get burnt out or they get delusioned or discouraged or they do a deconstruction process away from God is because they've, they've reached their limit in their growth and they haven't continued growing with God. And God's up here. I love the scripture in um, Psalms 24, three to six. It says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Uh, and okay. so I just see this journey of God inviting us, especially uh, in this season, if we're talking about like, what is God on? What is God doing? He's really moving in the area of our soul. Um, so hel helping us learn how to care for it and in our body so we can have natural, full, holistic God experience uh, of okay. his value and his love and his care for us. And I think it really points out that, um, you know, third John verse, is it one or two, but it says, um, beloved, I pray that your soul prospers, that, mm -hmm. that you may prosper. So there's just something about 
our emotional health and our understanding, because this is where the mind lives, is in the soul. Right. Understanding and, and receiving the revelation that the body is just as important and the soul is just as important and the spirit is just as important. And I think there's been a lot of frustration in charismania, if I may call it that, yep. where we've done so much inner healing over the past couple of decades, and yet the quality of life has not changed. Right. And um, the statistics, whether actually financially, statistically, statistically, we're worse off than before, you know, we have actually had the Holy Spirit because there's this magical thinking that happens when mm. it comes to finances. And um, statistically speaking, when they break down the Christian movement, the whole body at, at large, and say who makes the most amount of money and who makes the least, um, the more spirit filled the movement, the less money mm. that they tend to make. And yeah. uh, if you compare the world statistics with obesity and Christianity, um, Christian, Christians tend to be more obese than the world. And we already know America has a problem. Yeah. And yet when it comes to divorce, when it comes to addiction and all mm -hmm. those other kinds of statistics, can't say the word, statistics, um, Christians are no better mm -hmm. or significantly different than the rest of the world. So I feel like there's this huge chasm yeah. that we, we need to identify. And if mm -hmm. we shy away from identifying it, we're not going to address it. Because if right. we don't diagnose the issue, we'll never get better. And um, I, I was not raised in charismatic Christianity. I didn't believe mm -hmm. in the gift of prophecy and miracles and healings. And when we believed it was there and it would occasionally, maybe very rarely God would come down and do it. But we really didn't believe in it the way that, you know, obviously spiritual movements do. So I've traversed, you know, legalism, all kinds of legalism, and then come out of that to kind of like the middle evangelical, come out of that and the Lord led me into the spirit filled um, and was just obsessed about anything filled with the Holy Spirit. But in the last few years, the Lord's been bringing back to me my mm -hmm. education in clinical psychology. Yeah. And he's bringing back to me um, understanding of like holistic health, that that mm -hmm. body is just as important, not just the spirit. So it's... Um, we're just like talking. We don't have to come up with a, a solution in this interview, but I feel like we're actually um, identifying something that is important to identify in all of Christendom. Yeah. So what do you think is one of the solutions? Like you've been hammering this, coil coaching is about this, your life is about practicing this. And it's the same for me. Um, I, again, I don't put a pressure on myself like, never have sugar or, yeah, you know, totally, have a six totally. pack. I don't have that. But it's like overall, <laughs> right. is my body healthy and functioning? What do I need to right. give it? What do I need to withhold now? Um, and do I need to stretch a little bit more? I'm 54 and my body is not functioning the way it used to. Right. right? Um, and even emotionally, it's, it's okay. I've done inner healing, but when I come back home, it's not just this high of, oh, I was victimized and I was hurt and now I'm free. I'm, I have no more bondage, but it's like, how do I apply this to my family, mm -hmm. take yeah. ownership for my contribution due to my damage? I feel like those practical steps are kind of missing. Mm -hmm. So um, how do we in ministry start to like chip away at this and present this without the shame, which I love that you emphasize it's not about shame. Right. It's about freedom. It is. Yes. Yeah. So there's a couple of thoughts there um, from what you just shared. Uh, the first one being related to what I call the miracle mindset. And so that's the, the get fixed quick journey, right? Like that's the story of America in general. Like take a pill, microwave your food, 
um, get uh, dopamine fix by scrolling on Instagram or Facebook, you know, and all the other ways we get dopamine fixes. It's like, how can I shift this uneasy feeling within me to a happy feeling? Because uh, in a lot of areas, especially in uh, charis charismatic Pentecostal, there's there's a lot of movement, at least my influence that I've, I've been in uh, is a lot of around like joy. If I'm not joyful, then or not happy, then I must be doing something wrong, aka there must be something wrong with me. Where the reality is joy is not our ultimate goal in Christianity. Our 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 ultimate space is peace. And mm -hmm. so on these spectrums, and I talk about this in our program that um joy is a byproduct of residing in peace. You're gonna experience that. But not every day is not a nonstop constant joy fest now i can carry peace and be aware of joy but internally with my body or with my soul or in my relationships there's turmoil and we avoid uh difficulty it's it's actually how we're kind of conditioned that everything's conditioned towards feeling good this this the it's the at least the american dream you know uh life liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It's just ingrained <laughs> into our culture and it's beautiful. Freedom's amazing, but it has the, it, it can has its extremes. And so the first thing I've noticed over the years is myself included in this journey is like, I feel bad if I don't feel happy. I watch other people online on, uh, on, uh, on in any form of online uh, format and I, I see their stories I see their their journeys and I'm like oh they're always they're always posting the most amazing thing so this reality so there's this shame there's this pressure that I've got to be doing things that make me feel better and I got to make my I want to do it quick because I don't want to do work but the reality is God is so interested in the long game he is he has spent eons creating the earth for us. He he takes us on 80 to 100 year journey nowadays, hopefully uh, in our own life of developing his nature within us. And so embracing what I call the dance, I, I normally will use the word journey because everybody can relate to that, that I'm on a journey. But the reality is, is the end goal isn't heaven. The end goal is present, being present with him and growing in a relationship. And I kind of see myself as a piece of fruit or as a tree, as the Bible calls us, we're like, like vines connected to him, that we're on a growing journey. And the growing journey is to know him, to know him, um, to be like him is to be with him. And this is kind of like a key element in this storyline that we're in a dance. Sometimes it's a couple steps forward, Sometimes it's three steps back. Sometimes it's to the right, sometimes to the left. And that's what I would consider flowing with him. And in that, we have pain. But what do we do with that pain? And I think that's the biggest thing is the body of Christ at large doesn't know what to do with the pain because we're so focused on the miracle. Let me experience the breakthrough now. And though you can be in worship and you can get a dopamine fix on feeling high with him, if you're walking away and you're not ex carrying his peace into your home or you're feeling frustrated and you don't know why and you don't know how to navigate that, then you're not really translating the fullness of his kingdom within your life. 
Uh, and that's probably been one of my best teachers is my wife, my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my daughter. And one of the things I just kept going to um, maybe around uh, eight, my between the eight and five years ago when I was really diving into this process was I, my my revival life is not translating into my communication with my daughter and with my wife. Lord, why is that? I'm trying so hard. And uh, one of the things that I noticed is we a lot of times what we try to do is willpower our way into things instead of instead of submitting to the process of allowing that pain to come up because pain is all all the pain in your life, be it sadness, be it anxiety, be it depression, be it anger, whatever it might be. Those are all things internally saying, stop. We need something. And that something is some form of love. But before I can give love to others, I have to first be stewarding love within myself. And that's back to what I was talking about earlier, this value system. How am I valuing myself by understanding my soul and body and giving it what it needs so it can thrive and be present with God and with others? Yeah. And I think, you know, um, psychology will say this and uh, even some books that are written by um physicians like the gift mm -hmm. of pain with philip yancey and dr paul brand yeah it's called the gift of pain mm -hmm. and we as a culture have come to this consensus and there's just general agreement that pain is bad we avoid mm -hmm. it we take care of it take care of anything to do with pain and live pain free and um somehow we've gotten into this mindset of, of uh labeling even our emotions oh these are bad emotions these are good emotions according to how it feels to us right whereas really psychology will tell you emotions that in, in itself they're not bad or good it's all information right so what do you do with that information determines the health or the unhealth of our soul and really we have been taught as a culture and even in christianity just run away from pain and, right. and medicate, anesthetize, find a cure, get a healing miracle. So when people say, I lost my healing in the charismatic movement, right? I, I lost my healing. Uh, it's either they've held on to unforgiveness, they refuse to, to forgive. And so the bitterness and the, all the hormones that come with that in the body, mm -hmm. it's going to just revert back, you know, to what it was. Or I lost my healing. Um, God gave me freedom from diabetes. And then our diet doesn't change. Our life right. style doesn't change. We don't steward the miracle very well. You know, so I feel like there is such a, um, a missing link in teaching personal responsibility. Because yes. it's either all God does it for me or it's all happened to me in the past. Mm -hmm. And now I just want to walk into the promised land because the devil is opposing me. Yeah. And yet, you know, we don't really have a culture um, of saying what is what is self honesty and what is personal responsibility in this place, and you know, charismatic Christianity doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, people people don't want that. As a culture, no. we just want the quick fix solution. So, how do we start to turn the ship around? Because I feel like this is a gigantic Titanic. Because yeah. it's not just in Christianity we're fighting this. This is culture at large. This yeah. is the Western approach to pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is great. You're just, you're teeing me up here. You're, you're giving me a softball, soft pitch here. Uh, you do our kingdomized one program. That's basically the solution to it. No, uh, I say that because that's kind of where all this tension has built, where Lindsay and I um, have been looking for like, okay, what are the resources that we can help the people that we're coaching and mentoring 
uh, and there really wasn't anything out there or it wasn't organized. It was just a little bit here or a little bit there. And this was a little bit spooky or this was a little bit too psychological for people. Uh, and so we were like, Lord, where in scripture does it reveal your pathway of health and wholeness? Sozo, as it were, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've kind of put together a program to focus on three specific areas, which is our identity. So not just that God loves us, but how does our how has God created us as a spirit, soul, and body to operate? Uh, and then how do we bring um, value into our destiny? What has he called us specifically do, to do? And then probably the biggest thing that people um, stumble over or have the biggest tension in is relationships. How am I doing relationships with others? Because that's where the fruit is manifested. Like we could be alone. We could, we could have friends, but not be intimate. So them actually knowing us and our good and our bad. And we can hide or we, we can church hop. Um, we can go from one friend group to another and never be known. And the reality God is saying, uh, I love one of my favorite verses is John 17, uh, verse three. It says, um, this is eternal life that we may know him, the one true God and his son whom he has sent. And, and the knowing process is all about intimacy. And as Christians, we want to stay here in this space that we can control. But when we get into the subconscious space, which has to do with our past, has to do with our pain, has to do with trauma, has to do with triggers, okay, uh, then we don't want to go there. We just want to stay up here in the heavenlies. We never want to embrace Christ's journey of coming to earth into our humanity. And so the journey is really about how am I learning now that I've got all this, this spiritual knowledge and experience? How am I letting that translate into my humanity where God really wants to teach me what love looks like? Because I could try to be patient so hard, but that's doing without being. If I'm not stewarding value for myself, if I'm not stewarding patience for myself, if I'm not stewarding, understanding my story and how it uh, triggers me when my when my daughter gets upset and throws a fit and all of a sudden I'm mad now, if I don't understand why I'm getting triggered into that space, there's no way we can be present with one another. And there's no way I can actually be present outside the four walls of the church, of the body, because the world doesn't speak my Christian language. I don't know how to relate to them. I don't know how to connect to them where Christ was the most amazing connector and demonstrator of connecting with the world because he knew how to relate and meet them where they're at in their humanity. So good. Yeah. And I can't believe we've already talked like 38 minutes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to wrap this up and I'm going to make a really hard uh, left turn here because um, we want to talk about the relevance of this, this conference, Power and Hope, which mm. is November 2nd to 4th. Holiday Inn Express here in Eugene Springfield area. Please go register. Um, but world events are transpiring in, in Israel, Ukraine, um, even in the United States. And um, I don't think this is just a transition into another season. I think this is epic. It's, it's a biblical time that we're living in. So um, can you address what you think God is doing in this season to... Um, speak to his children about how to prepare for this huge, you know, turbulent transition that we're in the midst of right now. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like there's a lot going on and it it's not just what's going on now. It's what's kind of been going on for the last probably five years uh, leading up to now. Um, the pandemic was a big thing uh, of the whole world being shook. Uh, and the what I feel like God's doing is he's inviting us uh, through our own dysfunction or in our dysfunction, God is inviting us into a deeper place of intimacy and safety. Uh, because when we compare today's stuff from the pandemic to what's going on around the world and war, with war, um, like that's always been going on. And it was, I would say it was even more scary and intense when Jesus was on the earth. And his focus was on how are we being connected to him? Because obviously he's our source. And then how are we allowing that to manifest through our lives, no matter the situation? And one of the biggest things that the enemy is trying to do in this time is to um, to get us to focus on fear. Because this is no new thing. War with Israel, it's not a new thing. Wars in the world in general, not a new thing. Uh, those, the, my grandparents, like it was worse. World War II, although those things were way worse and potentially could get worse. Who knows, right? But the reality is, is Lord's like, focus on my love. Focus on stewarding your connection with me by knowing who I, how, who and how I've created you to be because there is a requirement. Love requires a lot, but in the requirement of love is the biggest reward mm -hmm. to know him. That's and bad. so all of our civil unrest and mental unrest and relational unrest is all what I call the crisis that's pushing us towards accepting who God, who we are in this season, accepting ourselves in our humanity so that his love can be manifest in our humanity and through our humanity to others. So good. I love mm -hmm. the way that you, you simplify what can be a, a very complex discussion because we can, again, um, splinter the conversation a thousand different yeah. ways. So listen, this is just a little precursor and a preview mm -hmm. of um, who Matt Coyle is. And we really encourage you to come to Power and Hope Conference. It's our very last one. We have no plans to plan uh, any future conferences. Um, we, we have literally just no maybe uh, inkling of, of where God is taking us. We just know that this journey, particular journey is, is, is closing up this chapter. So if you've ever wondered uh, what power and hope is like, this is the time to sign up and come. Um, please uh, sign up so that, you know, we know how many prophetic team members need to be there because one of the DNAs that we've always held is that every single person who comes to our conference receives a personal um, encounter with the Lord and a personal prophetic session. And, um, you know, we've had amazing miracles break out, deaf ears open. We've had, um, what is this? I forget the condition. It was spinal bifida. No, that's not it. Something with the real uh, scoliosis. Um, two scoliosis case be healed. And um, people who, who've had long-term issues in their bodies get healed. We've even had supernatural weight loss in uh, one, one conference. And that included me without really trying. We had gobs of people who came up 
lose so much weight that when I did a math on those who actually just told me how much they had lost, um, our group at least collectively had lost over 300 pounds at least. Wow. Um, and those are the people who reported to me how much um, they had lost. So, you know, if you're looking for the spiritual encounter, the signs, wonders, and miracles, the prophetic words, the miracle, the healing, um, it's there. The worship and the encounter, we have that. But if you're also looking for some practical tools and um, excavating some soul issues, we have that. And we're also really focusing on um, holistic health of, hey, listen, we're, we're a temple of the living God, and we get to host um, the presence of Lord, the Lord in this body. We're going to have that as well. There's just so much revelation. Uh, watch for upcoming interviews with people like Ryan Pena. Lindsay is going to be interviewed this Thursday. Um, and sign up because I really think our blowout conference is going to be a sold out place, sold out event. Uh, and um, I'm excited about what God is what he's going to say to us about the times that we're living in, but most importantly, to equip all of us, including the speakers, for this turbulent season, because I do believe we're transitioning into a whole different kingdom age in this coming coming year. So go to surinbacker.com and get your ticket. And if you don't know my name, it's right there on the display. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for saying yes to the conference. Thank you that we get to hear from you and partner with you and Eugene yes. come December. Come and uh, those of you who want to hear more from Matt and Lindsay, maybe in person, this Friday, Friday night at Oars, you can go to oarsconnect.com and look up the information. Matt and Lindsay will be here to personally minister and introduce who they are to our Oars community. So welcome to Oars this Friday to get a feel for who they are and meet them in person. And uh, can't wait for this conference, Matt. We it's should have had so you fun. here a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Saran. So good to be with everyone today. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. See you guys soon. Bless you. Yeah.